hello everyone. Welcome back to the One Talk podcast. Here with your host Ryan, and we got an amazing guest, Jaron. How you going? Good, good. Feeling good. That's good, man. Um, I just want to have a bit of a deep dive into you because I love what you're doing now, and I want to get to know more about you as well. I'm really interested in you, your story, your goals, aspirations. And what you want to achieve in life. So do you want to bring us back down to day dot? Yeah, sure. I'd love to. So I always consider myself to have a pretty standard upbringing. I always say I live a pretty sheltered life. Mum and dad still together. Well, yeah, still together, but always together. So pretty much just a pretty traditional household sort of thing. Dad went off to work. Mum did the housework. And then yeah, us, I've got... Two brothers and a, one sister, so three other siblings. Are you oldest or youngest or in the middle? Oh, I'm a middle child. <laughs> yeah. It sucks being the middle child. But, yeah, we just, uh, we've just we just been in Palmwoods. I've been in Palmwoods all my life. I think every other sibling's been in Palmwoods as well. But mum and dad have moved a few other places. But, yeah, just been in Palmwoods for all 19 years. Went to the Palmwoods State School. Um, I was actually school captain in grade six that was like my biggest achievement of primary school so yeah wicked and then just moved on to high school in Nambour St John's College and yeah I was always pretty good at school to be honest I like I actually really enjoyed primary school Mm. but high school kind of changed just kind of when you develop your own sense of the world yeah and you develop that like bit in yourself where you can start making your own decisions you kind of just figure out what you do and don't like and i decided i did not like school how i was good at it though yeah how old were you when you found that sense of life oh i'd say i'd say it kicks in probably around 14 15 because mm. grade seven and eight still like i kind of enjoyed i, I did enjoy grade seven but like after that mm. you kind of just go why am i here School sucks. Yeah. Because I could go on about the school system for like probably a whole other podcast episode <laughs> yeah. itself. I just don't agree with how it's run at all because it was created back in the Industrial Revolution when literally the newest technology was like burning coal. Mm. And it's been like over 100 years since then. So, yeah. And it still hasn't changed. So, we're still just built to sit in rows, take standard exams, and just be built to be workers for the rest of our lives. Yeah. And it's like it's set up to be one way or the other. Like, that's how I felt with school. To either go to university or get a trade of some sort, and then that's your route for life. And there's no really other options within that space to be able to be creative as well. Yeah, exactly. And it sucks because if you're not interested in any of those, you kind of just leave school and you're like, what the hell now? Like, I found myself in that position as well. I didn't know what I wanted to do right up until probably about the end of grade 12 where engineering was suggested to me and I didn't know any better. So I just decided, yeah, why not? Let's just try engineering. So I was... In university at one point as well, I did half a semester. And I'm like, man, this sucks. This is like school on steroids. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, stuff this. I had a uh, full-time job as a draftsman as well. Mm. So this was just after I'd left school. 
So you're doing engineering, you're doing drafting as well. So you're doing both. Oh, yeah, same thing. Oh, same thing. Yeah, yeah. drafty is just the term for like the the lowest rank where you do all the sketching and stuff. Oh, okay. On computers. So, yeah, I was just doing that and I was studying at the same time and always had that bit of entrepreneurial flair within me. So I just knew that it wasn't what I wanted to do and mm. I had to get out of there. So I did. Yeah. So yeah. before you went to engineering, was there a goal before that of what you wanted to do in life? Uh, I, I wouldn't say I was very clear on what I wanted to do, but I knew I wanted to do something big because I'd say I discovered entrepreneurship probably around 14 or 15. And I always love telling people this story because it's so ironic how I actually got into it. So I don't know how many people would still remember him, but in about 20, oh, it would have been 2015, I think, there's a guy named Ty Lopez right. on the internet. Yeah, you've probably heard the Here in My Garage. He was my ad. Ty Lopez is the first person I found in self development. Really? I mean, yeah. So he was the first person to pop up on my radar. Then I was just deep into Ty Lopez on Instagram and Facebook, watching all his videos. Probably in just a bit older than yourself when I found out about Ty, but it would have been around 2015. Yeah, that's wow, that's wild. crazy. Because that was my first person as well. So yeah. that's how I got into it. I saw his ad where he's like, Hit in my garage, just got my Lamborghini with me. But you know what I like more than my Lamborghini? Knowledge. <laughs> so that really intrigued me. And I didn't even, because a lot of people would have just seen that ad and be like, what the hell is so stupid? He's just showing off a Lambo. But I wasn't even interested in that. I was like, all right, what does he have to say? Like, what's this knowledge he's talking about? <laughs> so ever since then, I really got into his stuff. Like, I was consuming his content like 24 7 i remember on a weekend or any sort of day i wasn't at school he used to do a lot of like live videos mm. so i would always make sure i jump on there and like interacting with his content i even tried buying some of his courses yeah back in the day but i remember because i was only like <laughs> 14 or 15 i didn't have a job yet so i, I had to ask my parents and I was so hesitant. It was like a $60 course or something like that. So I asked him. She said no. And <laughs> I actually emailed the the support team Yeah, as like a little 15 or 14-year-old. That's so cool. Like, <laughs> like being that age and wanting to get into the entrepreneur side of the world. Yeah. Long game knowledge. <laughs> I'll, I'll see if I can uh, find the emails now. Yeah, I'm keen to hear it. It was so funny, just the way I worded it when I was 14, 15. It was so formal for someone my age and I was just like practically begging to get into his course for like a discounted price. Yeah, especially Ty Lopez too because like you said, when I first um, <laughs> started watching his videos, the thing that I got interested in too, that he was all about growth and knowledge but also mm. he had like the physical health side of it as well. And I was really intrigued about how he combined everything and was putting it out there to the world. Yeah, exactly. Really attached to that. Yeah, I'd love to touch on that um, yeah. in, in a second. But I found the emails. So it was actually from 2017. So, yeah, that's, that's when I would have been about 15 or 16. <laughs> and I said, greetings, Mr. Ty Lopez. You are truly wise and inspiring. 
I am only 14 years old and already you have me thinking about ways I can set myself up for the future and have a healthy lifestyle in the aspects of health, wealth, love and happiness. Today, I saw your video on YouTube, $67 plus five bonuses for a 67 video course is a great deal, as if he needed like my confirmation. I myself have considered buying it, except I have a few problems. One, I clicked on your website and found that the 67 steps section, but there was only a button to watch three webinar videos. I'm not sure if that is the same thing, but I couldn't find anything saying to buy the course. So obviously I didn't know what a sales funnel was, so he would have just been directing me to free content, which then would direct to the course, Mm. but I didn't know that. And secondly, I'm afraid of asking my parents for the course in case they think I'm stupid and don't believe me. Is there anything you can do to help? Much appreciated from Charon Bells. <laughs> Did they get back to you as well? <laughs> yeah, so their sales team actually got back to me. I don't have that email, but I do yeah. have another one because I think – I started to like email them about the the cost of it as well. Yeah. So, you say you were fifteen at this time, fourteen. Yeah, yeah, I was fourteen. Sorry, I'm just reading the email. Ah, That's just so cool because I remember when I was fourteen, fifteen, I did something really similar. So he's no um Jersey Shore. So when Jersey Shore first came out. Was that like the TV series? Yeah, the TV yeah, series yeah, yeah. where it's like all the random people get into a house and party and shit like that. So I was like 15. I <laughs> emailed Jersey Shore and I was like, I've got the best group of mates in Australia that would love to get their own Jersey Shore. And I sent like this big, massive email to them trying to convince them, but I didn't hear back from them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wish I, I had was, my phone so I could read it. I always thought that it was so cool having a reply from the Ty Lopez sales team. What did they I was say? Like, no way. I don't know if the email's there, okay. but I'm pretty sure they're like, oh, sorry to hear like a situation or something. If I, they, they didn't give it to me free, obviously. Yeah. Man, I would have just <laughs> loved your eagerness at that yeah. age. If I was a salesperson and saw like a 14-year-old send me that massive message and all that detail as well, I'd be like, let's get this guy on board. Yeah, He's it was crazy. Right I was crazy obsessed with his content. Yeah. So... Yeah, it was insane. But I was just, yeah, that second email was not as exciting. I was just emailing them about like the terms and conditions of signing up for their course because I wanted it so badly. But after that, I I read like a few books around 15, 16. But then after that, I don't even know what happened. I was kind of just going through like that busy chunk of school, grade 10, 11, 12. And I wasn't really just, I just wasn't really doing much. Like, I don't re- really remember being on any sort of uh, self-development kind of journey. It's only just recently that I've picked it up again. Yeah, like, you're more aware of what you're doing, your vision, what you're looking for in content as well that you're looking into. Yeah, exactly, because I always knew that I wanted to do something more than just school and have a job and go to university. Mm-hmm. So even through that busy stage of school, I was like, I was going out trying to do like freelancing with photography and I was investing in cryptocurrency and things what like that. What age was this? I'd say 17. Yeah. It's probably, 
Yeah, grade 11, so 17. I actually have screenshots on my phone of me sitting in maths class and I was investing in Bitcoin and I only put like 50 bucks in. Yeah. And it was like 17,000 back yeah. in the day. Yeah, well. And at the time of recording this today, I'm pretty sure it's at 70 70,000 or like 65,000 somewhere in that range so <laughs> I wish I chucked a lot more in but what made you get into cryptocurrency at that age and especially that time in the world because it wasn't to my awareness there wasn't much knowledge around cryptocurrency yeah that's a good question actually it's a very good question um for some reason in my memory I swear to god I remember hearing about bitcoin and the digital currency back when it was in its very early stages in like 2011. Was this from Thai that you got this information from or was it a book or you just found it on the internet I somewhere? I think it was the news. I think there was a media report about like this new technology, like digital currency. I remember being at like $1.50, something back then. Didn't even think about any of it. But oh, what made me get into crypto? Never thought about that. I think I just saw it on someone else's page and because I knew that to use a lot of the other exchanges, you had to be 18 and because I was only 16 and 17, I saw that someone was using an Australian one mm. and I was like, oh, hey, man, like how do I get signed up for this? Is there any way around like being 18 or anything? And he said, oh, no, man, you only have to be 16. So I was like, what? Yeah. Awesome. So I got signed up pretty much straight away. And just from there, I just started consuming like a bunch of YouTube videos, just looking at charts daily, just looking here and there. Made a bit of money from it as well. But yeah. I've kind of taken a step back from crypto <laughs> now just because it is like a whole art in itself Yeah, that you have to really master. And as they say – one of the hardest things you can do is time the market. So I'm just playing a long-term game now, just holding main top 10 coins and just holding it for the long run because it's still a very early asset, still emerging. So It's not like a quick money scheme. You know, where you put money in two days later, you can pull it out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm not interested in a lot of the shit coins, as they say, or altcoins. Or yeah, what was your biggest lesson from investing at that time in the crypto? Um... Probably exactly that issue, the the altcoins and a lot of the low market cap uh, coins and trying to time the market perfectly and be like, oh, no, I know it's going to top out in the next week, so I'm going to sell on that day. Mm. And then you just completely miss it and you get wrecked mm. and your coin goes down by like 50%. And probably panic selling as well. I panic sold a lot when I first started out. Anytime I saw like a, a 10 to 20% decrease, I'm like, no, nah, I'm out. Yeah. And now if there's a 10 to 20% decrease, I'm like, that's healthy. That's normal. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so what would you say would be, if you could give someone one piece of advice when they start the crypto journey, that from your lessons for a minute, what's one piece of advice? Yeah. So obviously give? I'm just going to come out and say it now. I'm not an, an accredited yeah. financial <laughs> advisor, but it would probably... 
be just to at least do a little bit of research as to the projects that you're investing in so you can determine whether it's something you'd like to do long-term or short-term because I think that makes all the difference because there's a lot of coins I would not want to be holding for the next 10 to 20 years, Yeah, but maybe I would want to hold them for the next two or three years mm. just because of the way technology is going and, yeah, you I know, it, it's, it, it's pretty trendy to develop a crypto currency these days and a lot of them don't even have tangible products or technologies that have been released yet so yeah i do believe don't you know don't <clears throat> try and get into it straight away and start buying stuff i do believe i'm not a financial advisor either but from my own opinion it's more so of like get your knowledge up first and then start dabbling around with it yeah, yeah. that's it definitely yeah so from crypto what's the next stage of life now after that or during that as well because you're doing the freelancing with school getting into crypto at 16 yeah so oh i completely missed out like a whole massive part of my life <laughs> yeah I youtube getting, oh let's get into youtube yeah youtube was massive i was i was heavy into youtube probably at the same time around 16 17 yeah i used to do youtube a lot as a kid um i believe still in primary school maybe even grade seven as well but I pretty much just used my mum's old, like, you know those compact cameras that had the built-in lenses mm. that only had, like, four times variable zoom and 12 megapixels, and we all thought that was just the top stuff. We used to just set those on, like, little tripods, go down to the local soccer fields mm. and film soccer videos. Oh, nice. And I remember getting a few hundred views on, like, a couple of the videos and got maybe 30 subs on a channel. And then, yeah, throughout high school, kind of just becomes unpopular to do YouTube. You'd as a bit of a weirdo or something like that. But I did pick it up in, I would say, maybe early grade eleven. Yeah, and that's when I started doing the freelancing as well. So I was doing a lot of photography content. And I really just wanted to be like Peter McKinnon or Chris Howe and a bunch of those other massive photography names. And I did pretty all right. I got to 100 subscribers by the end of grade 12, I think it was. I think I shaved my head like a few weeks before the grade 12 formal. Yeah, so nice. <laughs> that I love it. worked out well. That's commitment. Yeah, literally had hair. Longer than what it is now. So it was like past my shoulders. Mm. And I just said to everyone, I said, if I get 100 subscribers, I'm shaving my head and I'm going to stick to my word. And one kid in my school got me like another 30 subs overnight. True. So I hit 100 and I was like, oh, crap. Now I actually got to do it. So I had a bald ass head. I respect it. And yeah. That's so six. yeah, I was doing YouTube up until then. Different YouTube was was the spark for your photography, videography journey. Yeah, definitely. Just just being behind a camera in general, or being a content creator. I think that's the main thing. I I love creating, and something that Dan and I talk about a lot. Just like how we view the world in comparison mm. to having a consumer's mindset. Because yeah. there's been times where we just don't understand things. We're like, why would anyone? click on that or do that or consume this or consume that we're like oh hang on we think a bit differently we actually create stuff and like that's the reason why 
you know what I'm trying yeah, to I know say? Exactly like, what you mean, yeah. Yeah, so I think it stems from that. I've just always loved creating mm. just in a multitude of different ways, whether it's creating businesses, creating digital photos, videos, anything really. Yeah, I've always had like a really big respect for photography and videography because I grew up with a couple around school as well, people that I knew that were doing it. And seeing the actual, like, because I would try and take photos myself, but, like, the quality, the angles, everything, the lighting was completely on another level. And I was just like, it's art at the end of the day. So photography is one of those things where I look look at people that do it and I think, well, you got something about you that's great. Yeah, for sure. And they they say, like, oh, anyone can be a photographer. You just have to click a button. No. <laughs> but there's a massive difference between a photographer and a photographer in quotation marks. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like saying anyone can, everyone can talk, anyone can be a psychologist. It's like, no. Yeah, it's, exactly. It's deeper than that. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a massive craft in itself and it takes so long mm. to master it. Like I literally, before I got to the level where I'm at today, I literally spent four years just doing it all myself, watching YouTube videos uh, reading web articles, just like trying to reach out to other people and learn from them and yeah. just learning through the cameras itself as well, just testing every setting and button on it. And mm. even bought a couple courses actually, now that I think about it. Oh, yeah. nice. Yeah. Not from Thai? <laughs> no, not from Thai. <laughs> I wish. Yeah. That would have been very tempting. Yeah, for sure. Then again, I don't think you'd have time for photography. He's <laughs> a busy man. So from that YouTube days, have you still are you still using that channel to this day? Is that something you grow from then, or have you separated from that to begin a new? I've still got the channel up, and I'd like to pick it up again. There's actually been times where Dan and I have gone out, and we've been like, "Yeah, let's film a vlog for the YouTube channel," <laughs> and then I get back and I, I try edit it, and I just never get around to uploading it again. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, so what happened after this? So, were you doing that YouTube channel for long? Yeah, I'd say I grinded it for probably a solid year, maybe. So I got yeah. to 100 subs in a year, which it doesn't sound like a lot when you know people who have like thousands or millions of subs. But yeah. when you are just starting as a kid with very basic knowledge and still in school, it's it, pretty decent achievement. I think it's a big milestone. Yeah. <laughs> so I think I haven't uploaded on that channel in about eight or nine months. Yeah. Were you, were you still doing your content creation though? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So I've been using my Instagram ever since, mm. um, just posting any sort of content I get because I love adventuring as well. Yeah. Like at the end of the day, if you took away everything I have materialistically, I could be so happy just going on a hike out to a mountain or a waterfall and just sitting there and just being at peace. That's probably awesome. Now you've turned to a business. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, and that's something I've implemented the content creation with as well. So I run a small business called Street Scene AU and it, I've kind of like joined it. So it's not just a clothing brand, but I also offer media creation as well because I was kind of experimenting with everything when I was doing a lot of freelancing just to find out what I really enjoyed and find out my little groove. And I found that cars, I really enjoyed photographing cars. Mm. So that worked really well. I was actually just sitting sitting at my old nine-to-five job and I, I just thought of this idea. I was like, 
it actually started off as a car magazine. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I wonder if I could just pay someone on Fiverr to make me a, a car magazine and I'll take the photos for it and do features of people's cars. Yeah, nice. And then I thought about clothing and mixing it with media production and taking photos of people's cars and then I get to use it as like marketing and then building a brand around it. And I saw what a few other people on the coast were doing, like running meets and events and stuff. So that's kind of where the whole idea came. And yeah, just so glad that I was able to mix two of my passions together and create something that I'm passionate about. So yeah, that's it. So how long has street scene been around for now? Um, so I started that back in either June or July. I always forget which one, but I'm pretty sure it's been about six months. Oh, awesome. Because doing that thing you said that gives you passion and drive. Like find that within life, especially your age is something. So it's like amazing to have in life because you're waking up every day enjoying what you're doing. Yeah, exactly. And that was something like so tough when you finish high school when you don't know what you want to do or if you're doing something where you don't know if it's the right thing for you then you're kind of just left there saying, what is this like? Yeah. Am I enjoying it? Mm. Like, just It's hard to describe, but you know when you are lost and you know when you just don't have that sense of purpose and drive. Yeah, It's just completely different when you find something mm. that, that motivates you and drives you, that you yeah. can wake up every day and chip away at it. Yeah, exactly, you know, it gives you that purpose every day. Do you remember what your first car was? My first car? That you photographed, photography Oh, that I photographed, yeah. Yeah, It was a mate's Lexus IS250. It was like bone stock, but I thought it was the coolest thing ever. (laughs) We pulled up to some like sketchy car park in Maroochydore that had graffiti on it. Oh, wicked. And it was just me and another photographer, mate, just taking photos of it and it all stemmed from there. I'm like, this is really cool. So just started doing a bunch of free stuff. Yeah. And then, yeah, from there, now I get to earn a little bit of money from doing it as well and mm. also got the brand, which is cool. That's cool, man. Now you've got your own, Is it? I don't want to butcher this, but is it Academy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I've always loved to help people out with photography where I can and Seeing the transformation in my own photography inspired me to create an online program of my uh, create an online program where I will help a, someone who's looking at getting into photography, or someone that's already in photography and wants to take it to the next level and really have that transformation and put them through a program where they don't have to go through what I did. They don't have to mm. scroll through YouTube and articles and stuff because whilst it's great that it's free it can get you can get caught in a loophole of just watching mm. like just stuff that doesn't really help you it's not specific enough and you can just get caught in a loophole just wasting hours so yeah teaching people photography again it's kind of like mixing two passions like yeah. photography and then helping others mix it into two and yeah it's awesome yeah that's good too because, like you said, create that somewhat shortcut for people, but it's not like they're missing any of the knowledge by taking that shortcut, by going around and shopping around like a million different videos on YouTube. They can yeah. come and get the product and know exactly what they're doing for this certain period of time and get all the information that they need with mentorship from yourself, I'm assuming. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you've got the main course content where I literally, I, one day I just sat down, I just mapped out everything I knew from gear me- recommendations to the gear that I use to actually using the camera itself, different photography techniques to post-production, Photoshop, Lightroom, lighting, everything. So, yeah, certainly uh, not missing out on any knowledge there. (laughs) And then also on top of that, I do offer one-on-one coaching as well, Mm. part of the program. So, yeah, it's just where people, if they have any other questions, they'll be able to ask me directly. And, Yeah. yeah, really keen to be getting into that. Yeah, for sure. The one thing I want to ask you, because I've had a photographer on this poddy and he was telling me about the benefits of his own mental health through doing content creation and photography and videography. So would you like to explain some of that to me if you could? Yeah, sure. Yeah, And the self-benefits you get within as well. Yeah, so I'd, I'd say it's pretty hard to describe, to be honest, but for me, it's just the sense of creating itself like being able to see something and then recapture that exact moment and then even enhance it as well mm. is just so cool to me. And that's – like it's one thing for me as well that I've always done, whether it's profitable or not as well. Yeah. So like I've spent quite a fair amount of money on photography gear and stuff because as you'd probably know, it gets pretty yeah. costly. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, it doesn't even phase me at the end of the day because I love just going out to waterfalls or mm. beaches and just trying to, like, capture the beauty or that moment in time and then just being able to share it with others as well. Yeah. It's something amazing. So other people don't have to go to that exact location. Mm, that's exactly it, they Like when you said with the cost of it can be expensive, it's like it's an investment not just for the, the product because it brings off good quality but it's also an investment because what you get out of it as a reward system as well within your own self. So it's like a reward. It's like an investment in two different types of things. Yeah, hundred percent. And it, yeah, like you said, it's also an investment for your mental health as well. Mm. Photography has helped me through uh, a, probably, a, yeah, most of what I've been through and yeah, it just, it just encourages you to actually get out and mm. be present because you have to be present really to yeah. be able to capture whatever's in front of you. So, mm. yeah, it's good. So have you done much traveling with your content? Um, To be honest, not really. Mostly because of how young I am. Yeah. So, you know, before I got my license, I couldn't really do much. And then obviously with the times we're in now, it's a bit yeah. tricky, you know. But, but I think, to be honest, I think you're in one of the best places in the world to do the content with especially within the COVID space because you got sunny coast, you got Brisbane, you got Gold Coast, you got the hinterlands as well, and up you got up north as well. So Yeah. So much around definitely. these ways. When <laughs> one advantage that we do have is when our like when our state borders go into lockdown, our our states are literally bigger than yeah. a lot of countries out there. So you definitely have a lot of room. But in terms of travelling I've actually never been overseas. I have been on a plane that was to Darwin and Kakadu in primary school. And you're nineteen? Pardon? Are you nineteen? Now? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm nineteen. 
So so much life ahead of you. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. But other than that, being like, oh, our family used to go on a lot of road trips actually. Oh, cool. When I was younger, so I don't remember a whole lot of it, but I do remember bits and pieces of like going to Adelaide, mm. ACT. Um, I think we went to Victoria. I think we went by Melbourne, but definitely been around New South Wales a couple of times as well. Sydney, even in Queensland, been down the Gold Coast, Brisbane, all around the sunny coast, obviously. Yeah. Uh, Rainbow Beach, Airlie Beach. Yeah, that's pretty much it, really. I, I try to get out where I can, but yeah. I don't do a whole lot of traveling, mainly for the reason where I'm kind of saving it for later. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, that's good. So when we have, you know, somewhat the freedom, I guess, to actually go out there and explore the world, then you can do all that as well. Yeah, exactly. And not only that, but kind of the aspect of wanting to set myself up. For the future as well, mm. so money's not an issue. Yeah, because I know you can you can travel off a low budget, but then you you always have to like rework things when you get back or like yeah. take work leave. So my goal is to pretty much just be like, right, I'm taking two weeks off, and I don't have to worry about finances. I'll just be like, yeah, I want to stay here, 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 and just have the freedom, freedom, do exactly what you want. Yeah, instead yeah. of having to budget the trip. Yeah. So that's what I'm working towards. So in saying that, I think this entwines with your self-development journey. Mm. When would you say that began to the, the level it's becoming now? To the level it's becoming now, I'd say it probably started close to 12 months ago. Mm-hmm. And I have to give a big shout out to Dan. Shout out to Dan. Because <laughs> it was probably when we met. So I loved telling the story. Of how we met. I'd love to hear it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we like to have this little joke where we say that Dan pays me to be his friend. Because what he did was, oh, because Dan comes from a content creation background as well, photography and stuff. So he was looking to meet other people and he said, um, any other like local content creators on the Sunshine Coast, swipe up to this story and you know let's connect. And he paid $50 to promote that and yeah. I saw it and I actually skipped over it the first time I saw it <laughs> but then I actually went back and I was like you know what let's give this guy a chance so yeah we got speaking he had to like drag me out of the house to actually meet him for the first time yeah. <laughs> but yeah Dan was heavily into personal development and stuff so yeah, being able to feed off that energy really kicked me back into gear. So yeah. ever since then, been reading books, consuming more Ty Lopez. Yeah. And now I've actually created two tangible businesses for myself and co-host the Passion Project as well. So mm. oh, the oath you have. Yeah, I'd say that's yeah. when it all started, probably about 12 months ago. And it's mm. been a, a, a crazy 12 months. Yeah, crazy oh, for, sh- for sure. Because I've only known you for all. Actually, I don't even know how long. A short period of time, but I can see just the growth within you from the time I have known you. Yeah, and it's funny because I don't even acknowledge it most of the time. Mm. Not even out of just being humble, but just out of like, just always being so go, 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 just focused on like the next move. Mm. Just barely take any time to just reflect and be like, you know what? 
it's been a pretty good year. Yeah. <laughs> Is that something you want to incorporate now? Like reflection within your schedule? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I definitely want to celebrate little wins more often. Mm. But uh yeah, it's just always a struggle really when you've got that mentality. Yeah. Just I'm, go, go, go. I understand. <laughs> that was the exact same um when I was getting a lot of my issues like substance abuse and mental health and then like my way was just grinding. Mm. And then now I'm at the point where I make sure I reflect. So like, it's going to sound funny, but in the mornings when I make my bed, that's like a win for me, making my bed. Like I have a little celebration in my head. It's like the little things like that I do just because, you know, just trying to appreciate myself even more. Yeah, definitely. And it touches base with what you were mentioning before with Ty Lopez's philosophy. Mm. Um, It's, it, it, it's all about balance. So he has the four pillars of life, health, wealth, love, and happiness, and that's all in order as well. Because at the end of the day, if you're not healthy, what do you have? Mm. Like they always say, imagine you're on your deathbed. What use is a million dollars or a billion dollars? What use is any amount of money in the world mm. if you were told you had 24 hours to live? And like you can't, you can't save that. Yeah, you can't take it with you. Yeah, exactly. So health is number one priority. Mm. And it's so important to maintain that balance mm. as well because so many people believe that, you know, it's all about health or it's all about wealth or it's all about love. Mm. But then when it gets to the end of the day, they get to the deathbed and it's full of regrets. And that's something that I don't I don't want to have when I'm on my deathbed. I don't want any regrets. So mm. I make sure every day, every week, every year, I just spend time on allocating um, time towards all four things. Because I've also experienced what happens when you do focus on one of them too much. Mm. So at the beginning when I was starting my businesses, I was in that like real hustle mentality was probably in the office till one or 2 a.m. Most mm. mornings getting up at, um, I think I used to get up at 7 a.m. It's yeah, probably yeah. only getting like five, six hours of sleep. This way you're doing your engineering. Yeah, yeah. Going to the day job, going straight from there at five, straight into the office, just grinding, spending all the weekends here. So it's like you're just waking up, chilling out for a couple of hours, coming to the office and then repeating. It's like you're waking up, you're doing a full-time job and then you're doing your grind after it, straight to sleep and repeat. Yep. And coming from school as well, in school, St. John's is a very hilly place. So going up lots of steps and you don't notice it, but once that, that full year that I did engineering, man, I would struggle to even get one hour of exercise per day. So, yeah, I ended up putting on weight. I just feel like I was losing energy. It's always felt lethargic and, yeah, just didn't dedicate any time towards it. It was just so focused on the wealth side. Yeah. And then it's not till recently, moving on from that job, I've kind of opened up my schedule a little bit. Now I make sure I dedicate time to, you know, gym. I think I do four gym sessions per week. Might go on a couple of runs cleaned up my diet a bit i feel a lot more energized and also relationships as well got to make sure like always reach out to people i haven't seen in a while yeah you know be present in moments when you're with your family just put the phone down just really 
work on all four of those aspects or even work on all three. Yeah. And then your happiness slash fulfillment will come. Yeah, I really respect that about you because I can really notice within you, you actually embody what you say. Mm. So it's not like you say in the hope you can manifest it and you say it because you're living it. And then in terms of saying like now you're balancing health with it all, when I rocked up here today, I was like, Oh, what have you been up to? You're like, Oh, I just not long finished the workout. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's it's definitely very important to make sure that you actually action what you say because I think that's where a lot of people get caught up. They love the manifestation side of things and they love being in that headspace. But there is a time and place where you do have to kind of step out of that zone for a bit and be like, all right, what's a, what's an action that I can do to make sure I get there? Yeah, exactly. And I think scheduling it in is huge too because when you have like a busy schedule like, and you look at everything as a whole, you think, where can I fit in this exercise or anything like that today? We just got to break it down and just schedule it in somewhere within that day and just get it in because physical health is probably one of the biggest improvements that you can make on your mental health as well. Yeah, 100%. Um, they say, oh, what is it? If it's not scheduled, it doesn't happen. Mm. 100%. That's something I've learned as of recent as well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, there's, you have those days where you just got nothing planned, you wake up and then you're stuck in that weird spot of like deciding what you want to do so you scroll on your phone hours go by like oh crap i haven't done anything as opposed to even just spending 10 to 20 minutes either before you go to bed or as soon as you wake up i usually just type in my notes and like what are some things i want to get done today Mm. and then yeah it just keeps me accountable and I just make sure I get those things done. Yeah, well, that's a really good list of tips to give to people as well. So I like that a lot. So with your self-development, you fast forward a bit. How long into your self-development journey did you start doing the mastermind with Dion? Um, I think we've been going for about two months now. Mm. Two months? Three, three, four months. Yeah. So I think... I found that out through Dan. Dan found that out through Will. And then I don't know how Will found that out. Shout out to Will. Shout out to Will. (laughs) (laughs) And we were a bit sceptical at first, you know, as everyone would be like, oh, what are we going to try? We sold, you know. Yeah. But you rock up and it was actually great. I remember the energy after the first mastermind we went to was absolutely electric. Mm felt good and we've been attending it ever since so just being able to get around like-minded people and that's even how that's even how we're sitting across from each other today yeah literally getting around like-minded people and sharing passions and stuff yeah because that's how i met you was that mastermind and then Mm. as well that would have been about three or four months ago my first ever time that's where i met you guys at like i felt i thought the same i thought it might have been a sales pitch i got myself there and i was like what this is all about me my goals what i'm trying to achieve and also being around people that you can connect and network with as well yeah exactly that's it it's yeah pretty great yeah that is awesome so have you got anything more planned that you'd like to put out there with the world or do you want to try and keep everything locked up and safe until you're ready to release no i don't <laughs> I, I don't really fear too much when it comes to speaking about what i want to do i love that so Specifically with my brand, I am getting my first pieces of clothing soon. Mm. So over the next 12 months, 
love to do six figure or I will do six figure turnover, be hosting events, have good schedule going with YouTube. I want to get heavily into the YouTube uh, content creation side of things again. Um, I do have an idea for a project involving another podcast oh. and self-development, but given the schedule that I've got now, I don't know when. Yeah. So they're flowing. Yeah, yeah. So I have it all, I have it all planned out. With the exactly clothing. what I want to do. With the clothing, would that be street scene as well? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So the clothing is street scene. And then this podcast will be something separate to that. Just as a self-development type thing, yeah. it's got to do with uh, reading books and stuff. So I've been seeing you've been reading heaps of books lately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's something we picked up after going to the mastermind as well, actually, because I made an agreement with some of the people there, and they're like, "If you're really committed to it, read Rich Dad Poor Dad in a week." <laughs> yeah. So shook their hand and. I was petrified, but I did it. So I read that in a week and it's just stemmed from there, really, just trying to uh, read a book every fortnight. So Yeah, nice. What are you on at the moment? At the moment, I'm reading 10 Rules to Make and 10 Rules to Break. It's a pretty great book. And I think the next one, I've got Evolutionary Psychology by oh, nice. Dr. David Buss in the, uh, coming in the mail. That is cool. Have you listened to or read The Way of Superior Men yet? Um, no, I haven't actually. That's a big but recommendation. But it is on the list. So, yeah, nice man. So, with the um, self development, would you like to do anything for that with yourself? In terms of a community of people, network with your photography academy brand as well, would you like to involve self development in that, or just keep it purely academy photography? Um, yeah, in terms of uh. Yeah, sorry, I'm just, <laughs> just yeah. thinking. Yeah, take um, your time. I can beatbox while we wait. Yeah, I'll, I'll probably <laughs> leave all that stuff just as it is, but yeah. there is something, like I said before, with the podcast that will be based around the self-development uh, scene. I'll definitely be looking at developing its own community around that. and Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, that's probably... That's probably what I'll do. That's good, man. The one thing I want to ask you as well, because I know people who are young and they're doing a lot of succeeding and self-development and things like that. Do you see it as more as a positive thing that you have at this age, this mindset and going forward? Or do you see it as people um, are reflecting their own stuff onto you? Like, how do you receive when people say, oh, you're so young, you're doing so much in life? Is it a good thing or do you take it as a, you know, like a... Um, trying to find a way to explain it because I remember when I first got in the mental health space, people used to always say it to me, but then after a certain period of time, I realized it's probably my own ego taking that on. So I ended yeah. up accept, accepting that and then just living my own truth. So how do you take that on as well? Yeah. So I do get a lot of people like, Oh, wow. What you're doing is great. Like you're so young mm. and all that. And I do take that as a compliment. I think it's great. I, yeah. I welcome like any sort of compliments. I thank people for it. But at the end of the day, I am on like my own own path. So I'm not mm. really too concerned because when you say things like that, it's it's kind of comparing, yeah, comparison to other people. So I'm on my own journey. Mm. Uh, I, I try not to get 
too caught up with um, concerning my age with like other yeah. people and being like, oh, such and such is, you know, 30. I'm doing this at 19. Like I'm going to be more successful. I don't feel it that way. But mm. something I have actually struggled with in the past is seeing people younger than me again yeah. having like a shot at fame or being a, a crypto expert or something. And yeah. Like – uh, without even knowing their backgrounds or any of their stories, just seeing that they've got wealth and being like, damn it, they're younger than me. Like, yeah. why are they so much further ahead? But, mm. yeah, I try to keep myself level-headed as best as I can, just remain humble and just keep doing what I'm doing. I think it was on your podcast um, with you and Dan. It was one of you said um, comparison is a fee for joy. Yeah, yeah that was Dan that said that, yeah. And shout out to Dan. Loves that quote. When I heard that, I was like, ooh, that is true. Yeah, it is definitely true. As soon as you start comparing yourself to other people, you're either going to be better or worse. Mm. And most of the time, a lot of people will instantly just assume that they're worse because what you see is what you look for. Mm. And a lot of the time when people start comparing, they're like, all right, they they look for what is this person better than me at? Or how much further ahead is this person? Yeah. And you want to look at people for inspiration and not comparison. So once you get inspiration, you can take that on for yourself and then start building something for yourself. But once you compare, it feels like you just become stagnant in where you are. Yeah, 100%. And even with that, when you do take inspiration over comparison, I feel like you just build better relationships with people as well mm. because instead of viewing someone as like evil or mm. or really egotistical just because they have wealth, like you can actually learn a lot just by removing that ego and being like, yeah, you inspire me. Like, mm. do you have any advice for me and stuff? That's good because once you reflect on your own insecurities, then you can open up and be open-minded to have those conversations with people like emailing Ty Lopez at 14. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, 100%. <laughs> That's cool, man. Well, um, where can everyone find you if we want to find you? Um, So... It's pretty, pretty yeah. simple on Facebook and Instagram and pretty much all platforms. You can literally just search my name, just Jaron Vells, and you'll be able to find me or J Vells Media on YouTube, I think I am now. Um, if you want to find my brands, if you're interested in taking up photography or want to take your photography to the next level, just search up Ace Photography or Ace Photo Academy on Instagram and Facebook. And then if you're into cars as well and want to join the Sunny Coast car community or mm-hmm to be global as well, then just search up Street Scene AU. And how about the podcast space? Oh, yeah, and the podcast, uh, Dan and I run uh, The Passion Project, so you can find that on pretty much any platform that you can listen to a podcast on. And everything Jaron just said, I 100% recommend. So, <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, dude. So I say, man, thank you for coming on. I've been really eager to talk to you more about you so I can find out more about yourself and it's been a real privilege to hear your story, what you're doing now in life, where you're going, the support you show people as well at Mastermind and just the support you show me when I'm around you, man. It's a real privilege to know you and thank you. Yeah, cheers, dude. I appreciate that. This is my first ever podcast. So yeah, it feels pretty good. feels pretty exciting to get that one out of the way and Looking forward to jumping on a few more in the future as well or even returning to the One Talk podcast. Well, since it's your first ever guest podcast, do you want to do a freestyle for us? Oh. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> no, oh, I think the, the freestyle will uh, have to be saved for yeah. another day. Next episode, part two. We'll, we'll, we'll send it to you to put in. Yeah. <laughs> we'll clip it in for part two. Don't worry, I'm good at beatboxing, so I can support them that way. But anyway, thank you all for listening to the One Talk podcast. And, yeah, make sure you check out Jaron. You. Thank you.